0: But yes, I can't believe I said it. It just came out without me even thinking. (laughs) So silly. But yes, I had to like turn around, spit on the floor and knock on the stage door and ask to be let in. It's something weird like that.
1: Ever wondered what the creative process is behind the films, TV shows and theatre productions you watch? Well. Crew Chats is a new podcast going behind the scenes and chatting to the crew that help make these productions. I'm Poo and I usually work in the costume department. Whenever I tell people what I do, they're always fascinated. So I thought, wouldn't it be cool to hear more from the wonderful people who work behind the scenes to make the films and shows we all love? Today's guest is Angerad Reed, who had a keen interest in prosthetics and hair and makeup ever since she had watched Lord of the Rings. Subsequently, she studied makeup and prosthetics for performance at the London College of Fashion to pursue her passion. While studying, Angerad did work experience as a wigs assistant on an opera at the Royal Albert Hall, where she became hooked with working backstage. After graduating, Angerad worked at the National Theatre for two years in the wigs department and had also worked as a wigs thing on the West End show Matilda. After leaving the National Theatre, she went on to her first tour, which was subsequently followed by back-to-back tours before going back to the West End. Two years ago Angharad moved home to Wales and now splits her time between working on productions in the West End or touring and living in Wales. Angrad has worked on a number of shows such as King Lear, Emile and the Detectives at the National Theatre, Matilda in the West End and on tour and the 9 to 5 tour to name a few. Hi Angerad. um, how are you? Hello hi I'm good I'm very well how are you? I'm good thank you and thank you for coming on to the podcast. <laughs> well you may not say that at the end of this but um <laughs> <laughs> no I'm sure I will. <laughs> so you're a wigs assistant in theatre but you also dabble in makeup and prosthetics but your pre-dom- predominant role is um, a wigs assistant. What does that involve for you?
0: Yeah um so basically In long story short, I put wigs on people's heads in musical theatre usually. It's literally just putting a wig on someone's head and taking it off and putting a different one on, depending on what the show is. Um, Obviously, I have to help dress the
1: wigs that we use for the shows. But yeah, that's basically it, is putting wigs on people's heads. Okay, and then you mentioned dressing wigs. What does that involve? So dressing, it
0: basically means you style style the wig so it could be depending on what the show is uh you can be doing roller sets you can be doing wet sets you could be tonguing you could be it's like dyeing hair as well that's probably not part of the dressing aspect of it but to dress it means to style it in the well the style that you need it for the show
1: ah uh, okay and um you've done a lot of jobs as a wig swing what does it involve so
0: usually if it's It's basically being a kind of depth, which means that you go in and you cover people's plots on a show. So you're not there permanently. Um, You could work on like a number of different shows at the same time. And you just go in as and when they need you to cover people if it's their day off or their holiday. So you learn a plot for whatever you need to do and you'll help them before the show dress in wigs. And then you'll do the plot that you need to do. And then you go home so it's like it's less stress than being permanently on a show and it's more like you get more variety because you'll go into different shows altogether so it's just basically it's like a supply teacher but Ah.
1: no that's a good way of putting it (laughs) I like that um (laughs) so I'm going to circle back to beginnings um how did you get into the the world in which you're in now
0: so, God, years ago, I really, really, really wanted to be a prosthetic makeup artist. I honestly thought when I watched Lord of the Rings, I was like, that is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be like sticking fake ears and fake feet on people. So I luckily found a course, which was London College of Fashion. Woo-hoo. I know. <laughs> um, so and they did the makeup and prosthetics for performance. And I was like, that's what I'm going to do. Started it and like I love sculpting I love working with clay I love all that kind of stuff I then realized that I probably wasn't as good as I should be to do what I wanted to do or maybe I was a bit too young because I always look back now and if I'd done it differently I would have and there were students on the course who were amazing and they are amazing and they're doing amazing things right now and I kind of was just like oh I can't do that oh, I can't get to that level right now um and it was second year, and we all had to do like a term in industry. Mm. And it was an absolute fluke how I got this. I don't know how <laughs> I did it. Um, but this lady came in and she was looking for people to help on um, an opera. And uh, my course leader, Dee, put me and two other girls forward and went there for three weeks and literally got chucked in the deep end and was like, start to finish. Was a complete setup for a show, uh, tech in a show, doing a show, like sometimes three performances. And it was in the Royal Albert Hall and it was the best thing. I absolutely loved it and I was like hooked. And it was all to do with wigs and it wasn't a particularly wig heavy show dressing wise. They were all pretty like what we call scrunch and go or shake and go, I should say. Um, and it basically, was incredible it was so exciting and like I'd done stuff whilst I was in school for like local theatre youth theatre but this was like a completely different level so after that I kind of got really hooked on the buzz of being backstage and I kind of carried on doing prosthetics in uni for my final project and then when I left it was a proper case of my mum was like you need to have a proper job in six months otherwise you've got to come back to Wales because obviously working working in a in a stationary shop wasn't exactly paying Mm. uh, all the bills and the rent so I kind of did lots of uh, work experience and I mean like loads I tried to get in as much as possible and then luckily the one place that I really enjoyed was the National Theatre the Royal National Theatre and yeah after like my second or third time I think I kept nagging them to be fair and they were like do you want to do a show and that was it so that was how long was that that was about four five maybe six maybe god no about four or five months after I graduated and so yeah my first job was at the Royal National Theatre and that's how I started properly
1: It's such a good story. And I think actually something you've mentioned is the importance of doing um, that work experience. Absolutely. Whilst at university.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you get to ask questions from people who do this as their job day in, day out. And everyone loves it. I think people take it for granted what we do, because it's like you get into a routine of what we do. And then it's not until someone new comes in and they're like oh my god this is amazing that you then remember that it's like oh my god we're so lucky with what we get to do every day yeah work experience you do it because you learn so much it's invaluable you never know what's going to come out of it either
1: yeah I definitely agree it's invaluable and I agree actually yeah on the when you're doing something day to day you do sort of take it for granted and then when you get a chance to step back you're like oh oh actually yeah it's cool yeah exactly Um, so you mentioned wig kind of blocking and stuff Um, but our mutual friend Francesca on a previous episode has sort of briefly explained the wig process but you mentioned obviously it's slightly different from theatre to film and tv could you just run through um how you kind of start with the wig making process
0: so what you do um you obviously you'll have actor or actress will come in for wig fittings and um you'll just take measurements originally of their head women especially or anyone with long hair uh you will do something where you prep their hair to get it as flat as you can to their head so that could be a mixture of pin curling or wrapping the hair around the head so it's nice and flat and then you basically if you are making a wig for someone specifically for the head shape you want to take a head shape which is you use clean film and sellotape and you wrap it around their head Uh, so it looks like a kind of like plastic cap which is like stuck to your head and you'll mark up the hairline the whole way around and you'll take loads of different measurements so basically you've got a very accurate shape of their head with all the correct measurements which you then have to take off their head which is really weird because it's I've had it done to me a couple of times it's like I imagine what it'd feel like being born it's like a really tight plastic cap that comes off oh wow it's really it's very unusual but you know it's very effective because that's what you need you need the shape and then you put it onto something called a block now a block is it looks like a mannequin head and it's usually you can get two types you can get a wooden one or you can get a malleable one which is fabric which is padded which is what I usually use and you basically you put this plastic head shape onto this block and then you have to pad it out so you can fill up any of the empty space so you have a solid head shape of that person and um, basically what you then do is you have to make a foundation and it involves using different thicknesses of lace to create the base of your wig and it's quite technical it's actually very some people hate it I really enjoy it I find it very therapeutic it's a bit like crocheting in a sense because you have something called a hook and a handle and you basically instead of sewing like you would um, with fabric you have to use uh, this hook and handle to use um, invisible thread to join all of your sections together because a foundation is made up of like a back part, a middle part, which is usually thicker uh, theatre lace, well for us it's theatre lace, it's thicker, and then at the front you'll have um, fine lace, so it's where it blends into the skin, and if you're doing film and TV, depending on what you need, you might have a front, it might be a three-quarter wig, so you can dress someone's hair into the wig so it looks much more natural because of hd obviously and then what you'll do then is you will hand knot or hand tie hair onto this netted fabric and it is very very fine especially the front lace especially hd lace as well it's like tiny tiny little holes that you need to knot individual hairs onto and that is a very process (laughs) process
1: because <laughs> we were talking about this one from Cheska's episode and she was yeah. saying that it like often for the front of the head it's like individual yeah hairs isn't it and then obviously yeah. towards the back it may be two or three yeah um say for a shoulder length yeah set of hair how long would that take to sort of so not...
0: they say that on average they say 40 hours Wow. I personally think that is if you're very quick and you're very good I would take longer I know I would take longer it's a good week's worth
1: it's quite wow intense. yeah getting, it, must, it must be so intense
0: it is things I, I usually get to a point halfway through where I'm like oh my gosh this is gonna take such a long time and then you get to the point where you get into the end and then you see how much you've done and it is like they do they are some wig makers are incredible at what they do it's yeah. such a skill it's a craft it's amazing yes
1: yeah, and a labor of love I imagine too yeah,
0: absolutely
1: so <laughs> that's that's the like start of
0: like how you get a wig and then from that if you're going into a show then it gets set and
1: dressed to whatever the supervisor is looking it's for style I mean just in relation to that the type of hairs that you use because I know that yeah. um on previous episodes of that, that I've mentioned is that it's synthetic real animal hair so I ma- imagine yeah. the hair you're using is in relation to what is required of that production sure.
0: yeah absolutely so it's, it is pr- a proper mix of what you need uh, what you're expecting to get from your wig real hair is beautiful it always will be beautiful but it doesn't hold as well so you'll find that synthetic hair whilst it can be a bit more difficult to work with in the sense of it is more fibrous and plasticky it will hold really well so anything that involves like I did nine to five last year and one of our main characters her wig was synthetic but it was like a dolly wig almost and it Mm -hmm. that's what we needed for it to work it needed to have the volume and the curl and it needed to be glamorous and big and it synthetic worked amazingly and then yeah, and then animal hair, yak is usually used for, like, as a mix with for, like, moustache, sometimes facial hair, you know, where, like, beards are, like, really thick and, like, coarse yeah. and chest hair as well, but it stinks, it stinks. <laughs> not, not, it's not that it then smells like that forever, it's been treated and everything, so it's, like, it's hygienic and it's been sanitised, so it's not that, it's just, it's a, it's like wool almost, it's a bit yeah. kind of, like, but then once you've used it and you've washed it and everything, it all goes, so it's fine. It's getting the yak smell off
1: it, I guess. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, and on productions, obviously, like you, you dress wigs that are pre-made wigs. When you join a production, is there sometimes a stock of wigs there that you're um, sort of pulling from, or do you get them from elsewhere, or does a supervisor um, have like a stock that when they come onto the show?
0: So it's a kind of mix of different things so usually a supervisor will have a stock that they will bring they because they'll have all the measurements and they'll have had all the wig fittings for their actors that need wigs so they'll pull whatever they think they need then there will also be like stock on the show throughout just in case for whatever reason for instance someone has to go on and you have to have something that I don't know, the producers think that the wig that they had already maybe wasn't right than at least this stuff in the building. But equally, depending on what the wigs are, I know that a show that I did last year, we had to, the supervisor had to rent a wig from um, a wig studio in London because it was like a proper period powdered wig and she didn't have any of those. So it was easier to rent one like that, but then you dress it how you need it as well so it's kind of a mix of your supervisor having their stock potentially hiring some stock from another wig maker or as well a lot of wigs get made for Mm -hmm. the production as well so it's like a mixture depending okay the budget's a big thing as well so obviously if you had a budget big enough you could in theory everyone could have all brand new wigs but that's very expensive so
1: yeah, yeah I can imagine time consuming and expensive yes yeah. <laughs> everyone that works and most people that work in theatre um their shift is kind of the opposite to the nine to five so how was that like is that a bit jarring because I guess having a bit of a social like evening social yeah. life as it were and stuff must go out of the window a little yeah, bit
0: completely completely it is a it is a weird one because it is you usually well most jobs I've done it's six days a week which is intense anyway but it is difficult because it's like you can't just go and be like, oh, we'll go to the cinema tonight and we'll go and see this. Or, oh, I really want to go to this place because you are, you know that you're locked in in the evenings. Um, so unless somebody wanted to go out really late after a show, it can be a bit kind of uh, secluded in that sense. But equally, you meet so many people on the job that, like a lot of my friends have the same patterns, especially work friends, They they all will all be in the West End working on a show. And we all know we finish around the same time. So it's really easy to then go and see your friends after a show. So it's a weird kind of um, balance thing. It's you have your friends who do the normal nine to five, and then you have your friends who do the theatre. And it's like you have to pick and choose when you see everyone when it slots in, if that makes yeah. sense. No, it does. <laughs> but Yeah, no, it's not too bad. And when you're on tour, especially, you're in a completely different world altogether. It's like you're in a family that go around to different like cities and it's so much fun. It is exhausting, but it's so much fun. And you all go and do stuff together. So like in the if you're not in until like four o'clock in the afternoon once a week you might arrange to go and do a trip somewhere in the city that you're in so there's so many random things it's really lovely to like go out and like tour is amazing for that because you get to go and see different things that you wouldn't ever normally get to see but you get to do it with people who are your friends who you all work together so that can be a bit intense but usually it's like so much fun
1: oh that sounds really nice actually because I imagine yeah. also being away from home and oh, you kind of yeah. it's so much nicer <laughs> if you get on together
0: Absolutely that's the thing I think with the anything that and I because I don't do film or TV but I can imagine if you're in that kind of environment day in day out you need to have like a lovely group of people around you yeah it's like it's so intense it becomes your like it's not just you know 40 hours a week really it's you've got all the extra time on top of it outside of work and If you're in a city where you don't know anybody, it makes it a hell of a lot easier if it's people that you get on with that you can go and do things with.
1: Yeah, definitely. A running theme has always been your team. um, Having a lovely team and getting on with them makes a massive difference. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely.
1: So what do you love about what you
0: do? What I love the most about what I do is I love the people that I get to meet and the people I get to work with. I genuinely it's like it makes work coming into work, so much fun. It's the, it's the, when you've been off for the week, if you've managed to get a holiday and you get to go in and be like really excited about who you're working with. I love that. I know it's not necessarily like the creative side of it, but that is a huge thing. I really, when I'm on a job, which I love, I get really excited to see the people that I work with. And then on top of that, I get to do things that if I go from a job that needs me to do one type of makeup or hair to another one which needs to do something completely different, I get to play. And that's the like the biggest excitement about it all. I know that it can get very routiney in the sense of you get used to doing certain wigs one way and you'll come in and you'll do this wig. But every now and then you get to like do something exciting whether it's learning a new style altogether, which can be really stressful for me to begin with. But then once I've done it, I get so excited that it's like I've learned something else I can do. And usually it's like something that I knew how to do already. It's just done in a different way. And like, it's just a process. You're just learning different processes and different ways of like how to create um, a final product, which is, in my opinion, here is hard work hair still scares me now because it's it's a material which is incredible but it can be very unforgiving sometimes if you don't understand how it moves and how it works love when I get to play around with it when I haven't got a deadline of when things have to be done
1: the the two things you mentioned are a running theme in for other people as well like the variety that I think you kind of were alluding to yeah learning the new things and then also the meeting new people and also just being in teams that you love working in i think um, all those things are really like the perks of the job and actually something else you just mentioned about um hair being like a hard material it's funny i kind of don't think about hair as a material but i guess (laughs) Um, why is hair so important to us i think well
0: it's like a huge part of your identity i think it's important because it's it differentiates us as individuals so you could you can find power in your hair and it can be feminine but it can also be masculine and I think that it's important to us because it is us it's just exciting I find it exciting anyway
1: (laughs) Uh, no I agree with you I think there is it is a massive part of our identity yeah Um, and you can see that kind of in like if um within different cultures how they kind of Absolutely. how hair is viewed and how it's styled Absolutely. or dressed or, so.
0: or whether or whether it's covered up as well equally it's like yeah that's true cover it up because it is a part of beauty that's not meant to be seen by everyone so i found that very interesting as well but yeah yeah that's
1: true yeah so it's, it's a really interesting um kind of field thick what inspires you
0: so from a wig point of view i love it when wigs look like it's actually part of someone's hair like as in I don't want to know that someone's wearing a wig I would love to be the top of my game of dressing wigs that look like someone's natural hair I know it sounds really silly but it's I feel like that's so much harder to achieve like you can look at drag queens and be like oh my god that wig is amazing and the the talent that goes into making it is incredible, but I know it's a wig. Whereas I want to be like, oh my god, I had no idea. The same with prosthetic makeup. I want to be able to be like, oh my god, I had no idea that that wasn't real. I know that's the kind of the subtlety, the art of subtle. I find really interesting and oh, okay. want to
1: get better at that. That's, uh, that's interesting, actually. Kind of what you said about knowing things that are there. Um, but they fit. If that makes sense. But also, yeah, yeah like the, the in between as well. I guess I've never yeah. really thought about that. But
0: don't don't give me what like is in. I love I love dressing wigs that are like out there and obviously not hair. They're really fun to do. They can be whether it's like dressing wigs that have cages on. That can be really fun and that's really exciting. But there is something about I want to make. I want to be able to do something that's so believable. That's where I get to. I'm like I want to make it look real even though it's not real, that kind of, yeah, that I find that really exciting. That's why I think I love period dramas so much as well, is that I don't look at them and go, oh, my God, that's a wig. I go, like, oh, my gosh, that must have taken so long to
1: dress that hair. Ah, I see. That yeah. makes sense, though, I think, yeah, because obviously naturally because of what you do as well, Like you kind yeah. of, um, over the years, have developed sort of an eye for it. So a couple of <laughs> years ago, you moved, you moved back home to Wales, but um, you didn't leave the profession you're in you no. kind of changed your working pattern how has that been it has been the it's the best decision I've ever made
0: for my mental health and for work it's been really really good I've I think I've been really lucky as well I, I've met so many incredible people who I love and they're like my friends and when I work now I usually work with them and that's really exciting because it's you're not getting chucked into like situations where you don't know anybody and it's like a bit stressful and it's a bit that I get to work with people that I'm really good friends with and also I get to choose when I work I get to be like right okay so three months time I've been at home for three months I know that I'm going to be going away to work for three months and then I come back and I get to have like a a nice relaxing time which I feel is very very self-indulgent but equally if I can do it I'm going to do it (laughs) yeah yeah it's just a complete game changer and I wouldn't have done it before when I did because I was terrified that I would never work again that I wouldn't be able to find something back here where I could do what I do in Wales because it's it is that even though there are theatres and the Millennium Centre is amazing and Welsh National Opera is amazing they're already, they've got their jobs. You don't have many wiggies doing anything. They've got a department which is there and it's solid. And yeah, I'm just, I wouldn't have done it when I was younger. And I'm glad I've done it now.
1: It's... um. It's really interesting, I think it's quite brave as well, um because, like you said, I think the, a lot of the work is in sort of bigger cities, say for example, yeah, in London, yeah. and then people would be like, "If I leave or they want a different sort of routine in their life or like circumstances change, there's like this fear that you're never going to work again, so I think yeah. it's pretty cool that you've just made the decision to move back oh,
0: thank you. and I, stayed in. so I'm just glad I've done it and have been able to carry on doing what I love alongside it.
1: yeah, I think that's really good. I think life is about balance and is yeah like absolutely. It. yeah definitely and in saying that what advice would you give to someone entering into this world into your world
0: I would say don't rely on makeup as a way to get a job in theatre I've done so many shows where we've had people on uh, for work experience with like oh yeah so I do makeup and it's like that's great makeup is great if you can do makeup great that's brilliant but if you can do hair you will work and I remember Dee saying that um a course leader when we were in uni and I remember being like oh yeah okay whatever though so it is so true especially in theatre you don't have the luxury of having separate departments it's not like I think Glyndebourne have a wig department and they have a makeup department I think but I could be wrong so don't quote me on that okay. um, a lot of people as well do their own makeup there is no time to do people's makeup it's not it's like with theatre and stuff you'll be the girls will all be told oh yes you just need to have like a natural base and yeah you might be allowed to have a false eyelash and you might have to change your lipstick halfway through the show but that is it there is it's very rare that you'll go on to a show which is you are just doing makeup like I've been lucky enough to do one show which was that and that was young Frankenstein and I did prosthetics for that but I was also doing wigs as well so I think you need to like, just embrace all of it um I would say learn if you're doing theater learn your backstage etiquette don't be on your phone i've had like loads of people thinking you can just be on your phone backstage you can't do that <laughs> wear black clothes Sounds silly. If you're back, if you're in the wig room, doesn't matter. But when you're backstage, unless there's like a solid black like drop wall thing where you're not going to get seen by the audience, wear black clothes. But be really polite and just you'll get on so much better. Just be nice. People are nice. Ask questions, I would say as well, especially if you're new. You'll never know what you're going to learn and you never know what you're going to need help with and it's okay to ask questions because we've all been there I've asked so many questions they might sound stupid like they're stupid questions but they're not there's no question that's stupid either yeah um, yeah yeah I agree I just think and especially just if you've got that thirst to do it and it shows and it will show and people will like absolutely be drawn to that and they'll want to help you even more and like want to make you succeed so learning um, the etiquette because well, that's the thing with etiquette as well it sounds silly but until you start like knowing that the half hour call is not half an hour before the show it's 35 minutes before and knowing little weird things as well about superstitions I would say as well because I've had it where I've been taken out of a theatre because I accidentally said the Scottish play is that real yeah that's a real thing no is it yeah, I was in South Bend Theatre and I, we were talking about GCSE English and I said, oh, I wrote an essay about Macbeth and my stage manager was like, you need to go out with this building now and do this, this and this. Little things no really yeah. I always thought that was yeah. a bit of a joke I didn't realize no. it was real some people aren't that like superstitious about stuff but yes I can't believe I said it it just came out without me even thinking <laughs> so silly but yes I had to like turn around and spit on the floor and knock on the stage door and ask to be let in it's something weird like that <laughs> yeah I think yeah, having a hunger and wanting to do stuff is like the biggest thing that will stand
1: out the most that's very good advice I think you've um definitely <laughs> given very good advice there Um definitely like, like I definitely agree with you all of it but like diversifying what you know and sort of be willing to learn
0: yeah absolutely absolutely because nobody knows everything and if you think that you know everything you'll have a shock because <laughs> it's not it's not like that so don't just be humble and be like open to learning that's the that's the joy that we have in the industries that we do is that we get we're so lucky we don't have to sit behind a desk yeah don't want to we have like we get to go out and we get to play and explore and and yeah just be open to learning that's a
1: and wanting to know more that's very sound advice I'd say um so we're coming to the end of the podcast and my final question is what are your (laughs) three favorite to watch recommendations I know you may have like a joint you've got like four in the running which is totally fine
0: and so like I said I thought like Lord of the Rings was like the springboard for me to do what I do and I love it I love Lord of the Rings I love the first half of that film The Fellowship of the Rings. I just, it takes me to a completely different world. as nostalgia. I love it. So that is just a kind of out there thing that I will never let anyone be like, oh, it's a really bad film or I (laughs) never agree with that. But um, the top three that I chose um I'm a huge lover of period dramas always have been I'm a bit of a nerd geek whatever I like got have all the books and everything oh I'm there with you (laughs) my top my top 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 period drama would be the 2006 BBC version of Jane Eyre with Toby Stevens and Ruth Wilson I love it so much I've not
1: seen that one but I've seen the I've oh. seen the Michael. Is it the Michael Fassbender one? Oh, I hated that. I thought oh, that was terrible geez. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, did, I just didn't. I didn't. I didn't like the chemistry.
0: I didn't. I love Michael Fassbender, and I love what's her name. The girl she plays Alice, doesn't she? Alice. Uh, and, oh, her name has Mia, now escaped me. Mio. It's something. I think it begins with W, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did enjoy that, but I loved the BBC version.
1: Ah, yeah. I agree with you that, that likewise I am a fan of Michael Fassbender but <laughs> there was a lack of chemistry between them Yeah, yeah so
0: I really love that but Little Dorrit was also in the running for that My I had to pick a period drama and it was either that or Little Dorrit Little Dorrit is also amazing but Jane Eyre is the cherry on the top for me Then I chose, it's kind of like another reason why I love prosthetics and it was around the same time Uh, when I was like in my late teens where I was oh my gosh it's something I want to do and that was Pan's Labyrinth. (gasps) Such a good movie. I love that film I think it's beautiful I like I rotate between certain films and Pan's Labyrinth is one of those that I will chuck on every now and then and it's just I think it just looks creature wise I think it looks incredible I think it's absolutely beautiful.
1: It is a very beautiful film.
0: Yeah, I really love that. And then I put Amelie down as well, because I also think it's a beautiful film. I think it looks incredible. I think it's like a really, I pick things that make me feel like really nostalgic, and Amelie makes me feel nostalgic. And I'm actually surprised I've picked two films, which aren't in English at all, which I didn't even think about.
1: Oh, yeah. Do you know what, when watching Pan's Aberdeen and Amelie, you don't, I, no. The language doesn't really register, and that like, sounds really silly to say, but it's not something I was, I'm cognizant of. <laughs> I just think they're nice, good movies.
0: Exactly. That's exactly it. And that's uh, – because usually I get a bit kind of – if I know I'm going to be watching something that isn't in English, that I usually feel like I have to gear myself up to watch it, whereas with those two, I never – that movie, it was just part of that movie. It wasn't like, a, oh, gosh, I'm going to feel like I'm going to have to concentrate on subtitles all the time, which I don't, so – yeah, so that was those. I know they're all films. But also, I watched Hamilton on Disney+. Plus ah. last week and um, I've been a huge, huge fan of the soundtrack for years. I used to listen to it when I'd be working on shows, if I was in by myself. Never got round to seeing it in town, because I would always be working. <laughs> but they put the filming of it on Disney+, Plus and... I was a bit I didn't think I was
1: going to like it but I absolutely loved it um that is a very popular show isn't it I haven't seen I likewise want to go and see it in the theatre but I've never got around to it but I've um the soundtrack is really good and I've listened to loads of interviews with Lin-Manuel Miranda is it yeah um, he just strikes me such a nice guy which makes me want to go and see it even more (laughs)
0: he's a genius though like what I like I've listened to it so many times the soundtrack but actually watching them actually doing the show was incredible like the actual interactions and the chemistry between them all I thought I really didn't think I was going to enjoy it but because I loved the soundtrack so much um I thought the acting was going to be a bit weird but there's actually like there is acting but there's no spoken dialogue in it whatsoever Which
1: I've
0: never seen that in a musical or anything before. And that was incredible. I really recommend it. If you've got Disney Plus,
1: to watch it i haven't and i've been like putting off getting it because i've got all like you know you've got so you have so many things to watch anyway but i feel like there's a lot of stuff on there i would probably like so maybe i should just bite the bullet (laughs) and get it (laughs) um thank you angered for all your recommendations and thank you so much for coming on the podcast it's been really interesting thank you for having me thank you for listening and i hope you enjoyed my conversation with angered tune into the next episode where i'll be speaking to crowd second assistant director dan cox